0: After doing these podcasts for more than four years now, here's, here's what I need to know. How does someone get through law school in three years? It seems to me that uh, week after week we find new topics to discuss here on Chicago's Legal Latte. And uh, the list just seems to continue to grow. Hi everybody, this is Jim Mitchell. And while I only get 15 minutes a week, it is certainly interesting to see all of the intricacies and variations on topics and laws that we can uncover. Fortunately for you, the listener, it's it's not my knowledge you need to rely on, but uh, rather that of my guests who stop by each week and uh, share information with us on this wide range of, of legal topics. Now today, we're going to return to family law and the more specific element of that, divorce. And we've, we've had numerous discussions about divorce proceedings in the past, and today we're going to take another view as we discuss cases in which someone wants a divorce, but their spouse has abandoned them or just taken off and can't be found. To guide us through these legal views and discussions today is attorney Heidi Kuffel of Lavelle Law Limited. Uh, She's going to kind of walk us through and give us some information on how this might be done. So first of all, good afternoon, Heidi. Nice to have you back with me again.
1: Thanks, Jim. Nice to be here.
0: Now, as I mentioned in that intro, we're going to discuss situations in which someone wants a divorce for whatever reason. Uh, and they have no idea where their spouse is. Now, does does Illinois state law allow for actions like that?
1: Um, Illinois does allow for actions like that, and it sounds like maybe an atypical situation, but it happens more frequently than, than you might think.
0: And tell me about the process, I mean, if a if, um, client comes to you and says that they'd like to pursue divorce, they have no idea where their spouse is, it, does it mean you need to do things differently or do you, do you kind of approach it the same way in the court?
1: Yeah, it's definitely different, especially um, regarding service. But it's the process starts out uh, pretty much the same as far as we file a petition for dissolution. Uh, one of the key differences in there, though, is usually you're listing both the petitioner and respondent's address, uh, since they obviously don't know where the respondent is. In there, um, they would they would basically just be uh, placing that in there and then just putting in their uh, physical address. Um, they might say something along the lines of, you know, the current address is um, unknown and, and can't be found upon uh, diligent inquiry.
0: And it's something I certainly want to talk about a little bit today, uh, what has to happen in terms of that inquiry. Uh, Before that, though, a question comes to mind. We've talked about this spouse being uh, off somewhere, abandoned, disappeared, whatever the case might be. Does Does the time period matter? As an example, must that spouse be out of communication for 30 days or 90 days or a year's period? Does it matter at all in in the process that you just described?
1: Um, It it doesn't really, I guess, it doesn't necessarily matter as far as um, the time frame. There isn't like a specific time frame that they... Um, that suddenly allows you to go under um, and, and do a divorce this way. But I will say as far as the diligent inquiry, um, if, if it's been a lot shorter period, I believe uh, that uh, the court would ex- be expecting you to sort of have a better handle upon um, you know f- finding that spouse and, and um, really putting your effort forth with that. And I think that they'll uh, definitely hold you, or it'll hold you to higher standards um, the shorter the time period it's been. And there's nothing in writing saying that, but but just just based upon uh, my experience um, with the time period, yes.
0: Interesting. Okay. All right, so you mentioned um, the petition that would be filed. Um, What happens next in a a case like this?
1: Um, After the petition is filed, um, the petitioner should file a motion for service by publication. One of the most important um, parts of uh, this type of uh, default divorce proceeding is just is getting notice in some capacity. Um, and they, what they have set up for this, um, since, you, since you don't have a respondent's address, what you're asking for is to um, serve by a publication, um, providing notice to the respondent that way. And this, this will work to fulfill the court's requirements uh, regarding notice.
0: So that's kind of like the legal notices we'd see in the newspaper for property or exactly. things like Exactly, yes. And can that be any publication that they would put that in?
1: Then um, it's supposed to be a publication um, within uh, your county or of uh, residence. and um, like in Cook County, it'll go in the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin. Um, so it's wherever it's, it's wherever that action is pending is is the county that you're um, that you should be placing that publication in. And each county is specific as to um, where that publication should be
0: placed. Okay, and any other requirements that need to be met before that motion for service by publication can be can be entered, or is it pretty much what you've described so far?
1: No, it's pretty much what I described um and then as far as the um what's included in that that motion um for for service of publication you'll the um will basically state that that they can't find the respondent mm-hmm. that they've um, performed a diligent inquiry and that um, there's no like friends or family that, that can connect them to um, that other um, to the respondent um, and that um, they will allege the like the last known address that. or county right okay
0: now tell me a little bit about You've mentioned the diligent inquiry a couple of times. What what does the court look for in terms of the effort that the the filing spouse needs to go through to, to try and find the uh, the missing spouse, as it were?
1: Sure, um, and this also relates as what we said to the t- to that time frame too. But mm-hmm. um, they they want to know that you've covered you know all of all of the closer bases, even if you're on you know t- poor terms with you know respondent's family. You should still be reaching out. Um, and asking, you know, if, if they can provide that information to you, if they know where the, you know, respondent can be found. So it's kind of like the closer network uh, is the first go-around. And I've even um, had judges in, in court, you know, ask, did you do a Google search? You know, and that sounds really mm-hmm. um, really basic, but they just want to make sure that you're doing everything. So if you don't have the, close, uh, the close-knit connection with the friends and family, that you're, you know, just trying something as far as, like, Internet sources and seeing, you know, if there may be a LinkedIn profile file anything but they just they they want to hear that all of those uh, actions have been taken prior to saying that you know it's a, it's a um, diligent inquiry
0: interesting now we, we talked about the time period that the spouse may have been gone once this uh, notice is, is posted or published um, is there a, a sort of a response period then in, in which the court waits to see if anyone does surface before any other action takes place
1: Yes, so um, generally when you go into court on your uh, motion for service by publication, they'll set a date um, that's a little bit further out so that it allows you to complete the publication period. And what we're looking for there is um, you're, you're supposed to uh, publish that for three consecutive weeks. And then, um they, after the thirty days has uh, elapsed since the first publication, uh, and the respondent hasn't filed an appearance or answered, they consider that um, the notice uh, being sufficient, and you're able to then uh, continue with your case
0: okay our, our topic for today, the case we're talking about is divorce in instances in which one spouse cannot be found very interesting situation, and uh, we're learning about how the individuals seeking the divorce can manage that process. Um, the information that's being shared comes from attorney Heidi Kuffel, uh an associate at Lavelle Law. And um, she recently posted several articles dealing with other family law topics. You can find those at LavelleLaw.com. And in addition to her work uh, on these family law matters, uh, Heidi is also active in litigation and employment law practice groups. You'll you find all this information at LavelleLaw.com. Um, and I I think it's a great place to stop and get some information. Phone calls can go directly to 847-705-7555 and they'll put you right through to Heidi or any of the other attorneys that uh, can help you with the case. Now as we look Heidi at this, you know, pretty unique situation, you mentioned the uh, 30-day period for the publication notice. Um, Assuming that no one uh, responds, does the court then simply go ahead and grant the divorce is that kind of the tail end of the process or is there more that follows?
1: Um, So after after that period um, we would um, we would come back and and show that uh, the publication has been um, has been issued for the three consecutive weeks Um, and so so seeing that they will and that there's been no answer appearance a default judgment will be entered um, and at that, at that point, we're able to um, set the uh, case for a prove-up, which is the, the final step um, in the divorce proceeding. Um, and as far as it, the, the prove-up script um, and what happens there is usually it's – oftentimes it's just the petitioner that will um, go to the prove-up. And um, at the prove-up, one of the, the big differences there is um, that the court – you, you must state in there that the court only has jurisdiction of the petitioner, since um, technically the respondent um, couldn't be found, and the respondent um, wasn't really a part of the proceeding other than just uh, for uh, satisfying the notice requirements.
0: Hmm. Okay. So if this instance is, is predicated on a spouse being gone, uh, does that final phase then, does that con- Assume then that all the assets and property are, are turned over to the petitioner, and that there's nothing left for the, the spouse that's missing.
1: Right. The, that's a that's a that's a great question, Jim. Actually, because um, uh, assets and liabilities are um, not addressed um, a, in this, except for anything that you had either as like an inheritance or prior to the proceeding. Otherwise, it's it's um, very it's a very simple divorce, and that you're you're literally just. Divorcing yourself from your spouse, um, and uh, nothing is done with uh, assets or liabilities. Okay.
0: And then, there's, have you seen? You, you said this is, you know, more common than one might imagine. Uh, and I'm sure it's your experience. You've you've seen things like this. Now, have there been instances in which ultimately that person shows up later after the divorce has been granted, and is there any recourse, or do you then get into asset allocation at that point? Is it a whole new procedure?
1: Um, at, I, I have not actually had any kind of uh, missing spouse come back, okay. um, but, and, <laughs> that's okay. Um, but it, since uh, generally in the, um, in the dissolution, it'll be, you know, each party is just going to take their individual shares of, of, um, their assets and their debts. And that's, that. when I said nothing, that's what I meant by that. They will just split it. So, um, you know, if, if, uh, since this is entered and already in, um, in existence, uh, the, the spouse, Already got their their half. So the only time that would ever be happening, I guess, is if uh, petitioner or if the respondent would be coming back for, I guess, some of the marital portion, uh, or more or greater than the marital portion of the petitioner's uh, share.
0: Okay, and and again, going back to some of those time periods, especially the thirty-day um, publication period, and then and then the the, the prove up that follows. If someone is in this situation, divorce, as I know, can really drag on, Is this tend to be a shorter and more succinct process just based on the fact that there's really no contention whatsoever?
1: Absolutely. It's very streamlined. So as long as um, you're going in there and and you have your uh, documents ready when you're filing um, and then when you... um, When you're ready to also do the publication, as long as you get that publication um, out um, as soon as you are granted um, the ability to do so, that also makes things uh, pretty quick. And it it is a fairly quick and streamlined process because there's no one else involved and it's just the petitioner kind of moving through the system.
0: Okay so I guess as we recap here it sounds to me like the, the you know the two key points to walk away from this are that uh it is something of a different process which you as the attorney would certainly help them through and and really the main burden here is is in that process of uh making a diligent effort to to find the party All right, well, let's uh, wrap things up. As usual, we have kind of, uh, unfortunately, run out of time. It uh, always gets to the point where we uh, can't fit everything in, but I uh, certainly want to thank uh, Heidi for being with me today. Uh, once again, you can reach her or any attorneys at Lavelle Law by calling 847-705-7555 or seek out information about the practice groups, the various practice groups at com. And now if you'd like to find any of our previous podcasts, either featuring Heidi or other members of the firm, uh, all available right here on Blog Talk Radio, as well as iTunes, and at lavelllaw.com, uh, where those articles are posted. You'll also find podcasts. So you can kind of search through and find topics of interest. Now next week I will be joined by one of the partners at LaVell Law, Timothy Hughes. We're going to have a discussion about the IRS and managing taxpayer debt, uh, topic uh, we have touched on it a few times in the past. We'll go into uh, some new detail on that as well. And so I look forward to having you join me for that conversation. Thanks very much for being here today. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at